Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art Insight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was intended. So, Steve, creates that for me. This is the bonus for us at the RAM. Uh, we are backstage and we're going to be Indiana Jones for, the, for this afternoon. I can't wait to get on with it, mate. So we're standing in front of a, a table of all different artifacts from potentially all around the world. I don't know if you just want to uh, dive straight in. I should and do, have a feel. I? I think, I don't know why, I should, should go for the largest. Oh, that's, tell you what, I thought that was going to be a little lighter. Okay. Because well, when the curator was unwrapping it, she must be really strong, because I'm sure this was not as heavy when she was unwrapping it. It's got some weight to it. Okay, so, yeah, so it's like Don't a, take my out. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, it's like, this is a, this is a blind person stick from a long time ago. It waiting. could be. You know, do, you want to, do you want to just give it a handle? Tell us what you're feeling. It feels like, it feels like obviously it could be stone. Um, it's got a almost a really cold texture, obviously a nice, nice wooden turned handle, hand turned, um, some kind of stopper, maybe some flax. So this, this heavy chunk, obviously this could be a weapon. You know, it's got some medieval quality to about it. Um, it's also ceremonial, isn't it? These items can be ceremonial. So what you're holding there is a long, it's a stick, it's about two foot long, and the actual stick itself is quite smoothed down. It's got different colored grains in it, so light and dark brown grains, slightly ready, and it tapers ever so slightly to the end. It's not pointed at the far end. At, at the other end, there's a, a stone, sort of, sort of very heavy stone. So if you were to, to swing this thing at someone, Smash their head in. <laughs> and then underneath that stone, can you feel that? Some kind of twine, twine some kind of, you know, twine in the end, like a stopper to make sure this, this stone, this work stone doesn't fall off. So the twine goes just below, doesn't it? Just below where the stone is? It's about an inch between each of it. Each so of the stone and the stick, yeah. Yeah, using it to sort of keep it on there. And the stone itself is, it's a very dark grey stone. I don't know what that could be made from. It feels like it's been hand worn, you know, like, you know, when you get a stone at the beach and it's washed up and it's so smooth because the, the seas made it smooth. Is it, it feels like this has like been touched many times over, I don't know, a couple hundred years. And just... I wonder how much this has been handled prior to us just mauling it right now. <laughs> And there, so is some, there is some information. There is some information, but before I go with the wall, <laughs> <laughs> nearly took your eye out. <laughs> Do you want to imagine what it is before we? I, I reckon it, it may be some African-inspired, um, like I said, weapon or ceremonial object. So it's a it's a wooden club. It's a club. So this is this is a real weapon. So this could have actually had blood on it. Wow. So, wow, that's kind of, I don't know about you, but that makes me feel a little bit odd about handling it. Yeah. Something as a, as a weapon, because obviously we don't handle weapons as much. I don't even handle a gun. Um, the, only, the only weapon I handle these days is my white cane. And you handle that weapon very well. It's, uh, it's in your hands. It's, uh, it's like a, well, it's like one of these things, I imagine. Look at this. I imagine it's quite a short thing, so you could imagine this might be alongside something else. 
but to think that this would have actually been used and you know when we if you were to um you know you see more of the traditional swords and stuff from our own sort of ancestry you know you can imagine do you imagine that swords actually plunged into somebody i mean the fact that, that you know we're handling this thing yeah, it's it yeah, it created as a, as it's, a weapon it's a weird sense isn't it we don't i don't think i thought about that before that like ceremonial weapons when we go to see i don't the, know the it doesn't say ceremonial life. on this it says it's a club this is made to club people and it's um from papua new guinea ah so it's a sort of more more of that aboriginal kind of hold it like a club like you were going to club me gonna... the weight is so top heavy though I, I would have to hold it more more nearer the stone end you I'll hold it at the end well yeah no, not, not like that imagine you were oh, going to actually smack would, me yeah, in I'm the end weak. I'd have to literally you know for me it's up here somewhere it's really top heavy man are you are you holding it up there what, I'll, be, I'll be here I'll be, I, I just I'll go, be I just smacking not, you know right on a nonk but um, <laughs> yeah Papua New Guinea that's an interesting one because it has more of an African feel instead of a Pacific feel doesn't it I'm just looking at the thing, bruv. So I'm not even sure, but I really, uh, I kind of like the depth of that. It's, um, and also it's making me feel a little... Uncomfortable because we never held uh, a deadly weapon before. Well, we probably have, but maybe we never thought it was deadly, you know? Yeah. Let's move on. Yes. Let me move on. What's next? You choose this one next time. You go. I like the... Now, so take this. Oh, this is nice. Quite heavy. Can you don't when you don't when you see things like this behind a uh, a glass window yeah. in a cabinet, you don't really understand the the nature of the quality of like the weight of these things because they're always behind glass cabinets. That's why we're so lucky to be handling these objects because otherwise they're just stuck behind a glass cabinet and people are looking at them and they're thinking, oh, oh, that's come some kind of whale tooth, some kind of scrimshaw. Some, you know, some kind of bone or ivory. But you think of those things, you think they're really light. But this is, this has got some, yeah, it's some kind of tooth, isn't it? Some ivory of some so sort, some bone. How big is it? It's about the size of my hand. I've already got a small hand, so about, I'd say, 10 centimetres, 10, 12 centimetres. Um, lovely, really nice to feel. Um, if my daughter was here now, she'd probably think I'd be holding a Tyrannosaurus tooth rex or something, you know. Well, that's it, what, you it, know. It has, that, it has that, that kind of massive canine feel about it. Um, I don't know what it's from. Um, I, I, some, maybe it's bone or tooth, maybe from a hippo, maybe? I don't know. But so it's something... It's very smooth, isn't it? Isn't it? And it's so heavy, so dense. And what one you've got in your hand? I've got a slightly smaller version of what you've got. So yeah, you, you, it's, uh, and also it's sort of, it's a really, uh, it's not decayed, you know, because you've got the inside where the root, root would have gone all, all in the top, you know, so it's, you know, like just imagine a huge canine tooth. And, uh, and mine is a similar kind of, you've got yeah, like a switch over there. You've so. got, God, that's heavy as well. They're really and they're hollow, heavy. aren't they? They are hollow because it's a, a tooth, isn't it? I don't, not think being... it's, I don't think it's, I don't think it's hollow, man. How could it be hollow when it's this weight of... It probably weighs a bag of sugar. This one here is probably a bag Easy. of sugar easier, so a kilogram or so. And it's, and it's really surprising that usually these kind of implements, some kind of scripture on there. It's usually these are, you know, usually these are elaborately designed because whalers um, did them on boats or, you know, if they were captured, you would, you would market some kind of graffiti it 
and with some kind of scrimshaw, but these are perfectly smooth. As they would be. Yeah, as if they've just came out and... Someone, some huge, some very brave doctor took the tooth out of uh, a huge animal and was like, oh, I have a perfect, I have a perfect tooth. I don't know if that's, um, there's a sort of slight pink part there. I maybe it's a mark, so maybe, um, you know, when you mark something, you know, this has been around for ages in some kind of collection. Yeah. Uh, and the mark to make sure that when they're moving around. So what animal not, do you think this is from? That one? I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe a hippopotamus, maybe? So these um, are whale's teeth? No way. Yeah. I thought whale's teeth just had, they're more lighter and they're kind of flimsier. From imagination? From, from substance, just yeah. Imagine, how many teeth has the whale got? Lots. That's got to be from a sperm whale, hasn't it? Because sperm whales, are, you know when we watch the... Those Killer sea, whale? The sea monster ones and the sperm whales are the ones with the teeth because they're the ones that attack the giant squids. So they both, they both spell... Um, both whale teeth. Yeah. But I imagine that they must have lots of, you know, 30, yeah. 50. Hundreds. How heavy that is. That, that is heavy and their whole head is full of them. You don't realise, I mean. It, do you know when we were um, by Sculptures by the Lakes and yeah. we saw that, um, that really lovely marble piece that was just smooth as silk? It reminds, it reminds me of that, that sort of real natural... I can't believe we're holding a whale's tooth, though, in your hand. <laughs> Did you wake up this morning thinking, all right, we're going to discover something and I'm going to be holding a whale's tooth? That is fascinating. <laughs> that is fascinating because I, I bet kids are like this. We're, we're big kids, really. Because, uh, you know, you tell a, a child they just hold a whale's tooth. I mean, now they have an image in their head how big a whale is, right? And now they're holding a tooth. I mean, I know a good fact for you. Do you know how a blue whale, do you know how big that blue whale's heart is. I thought you were going to say something else. Do you know how big it is? No. A size of a minicum. What? Yeah, that's a fact I know. Oh. Yeah, isn't that great? Listen, well, now, now you know the size of their tooth. It's like as big as your head. Look at that. It's, like, it's huge. Like I said, they've got hundreds of these teeth in. I know. And so this could be like centuries old as well. Indeed. And they've been well preserved. I mean, you, you know, you perhaps... Well, there are other animals that would have teeth this big. You know, that can't, can't be many. You know, you're talking about dinosaur teeth. I mean, I know elephants have big teeth, but they're ground down. And an elephant's teeth is on a conveyor belt. So as the elephant teeth come along, the tooth would fall out and they grow another one. So they're always jumping. So their lifespan is dictated about how much they eat. So as an elephant eats, they chomp, 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 and it can't, it's a conveyor belt of teeth. Just always. I don't know why I know about so much about teeth. What's that about? That's oh, like, yeah. you've unlocked something in me. <laughs> Teeth information? Oh, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Mate. That's great. Wow, well, my daughter's going to be so jealous. You know, eight years old, I can tell her I've held a whale's tooth. It's fantastic. I oh, know. Um, All right, what's next? Just a bit, uh, I suppose a bit of material. I want to smell this one. We didn't oh, smell the teeth. No, it's weird. It's organic. You know, yeah, you can't really smell anything on this. It's, it's obviously some kind of textile. Can you smell anything? Not really. It's so it's. Um, it doesn't feel old. It feels like it's just been bought from. It's a, light, isn't it? Uh, it looks like leather. Oh, oh yeah, it, it feels, looks yeah. like leather to me, but it doesn't. It's, it feels like almost like a man-made cotton. Like, yeah. So obviously it's not. It's not natural. Oh, I don't know. So it's dark. It's like a tan colour material, and the piece we're holding is probably about what's that? 
centimetres. Yeah, 60, yeah. 70 centimetres. It's quite light. It really is light. And it's weird that we've just held some really heavy objects. It, it does, when you look at it, it does look like, um, it looks like it would be leather to... Could it be some kind of fibre from a plant? Ah, yeah, that is probably a really tight... Like a husk from a coconut when they, they've woven it into some kind of fabric. I know, but it look. I can't imagine that it's woven. It looks more like skin. Looks a lot more like some sort of hide. You think it's if like it has been woven, it's sort of got a very in, in grain going across it. And it, yeah, it's this tan colours, which makes me immediately think of, of a cow. Of a cow, a skinny cow. You see, it's only a piece. Yeah, of a skin, cow skin. Well, I'd imagine, but this is all guesswork, isn't it? Of course it is, and this is the fun part about what we're on, like this, this Indiana Jones ex exploration. It's, no idea. It's a piece of fabric. We're just talking about it. And we're coming out of all these different ideas and from our nature of touching things. And it, this is so interesting yourself as well to just physically touch this. Because I say, if this was behind a glass cabinet and you had a, here's an inscription at the front, it'd be like, you wouldn't have the, the intuition. The weight or the texture yeah. or any of those things. It was just imagining. Imagine it. But what I like about not knowing, oh. don't, look at the, <laughs> don't look too early, is that, you, you know, you, you, you could do... Um, you know, we were talking about um, your book idea and that kind of um, always just imagining, always imagining, always imagining. When you don't know what you're looking at, yeah. you could be looking at anything. This could be Merlin's cape, right? It could be anything. <laughs> it could be anything. Use your imagination. The children, I mean, I suppose when children are touching this and, that, you know, the, teach, the, the head curator is talking about it and she's giving all those... Or in fact, blah, 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 in, in 1867, blah, blah, blah. And the kid's probably thinking, oh, what, what else can I do with this? You know? <laughs> it's funny, you go to a job interview, they give you a pencil and be like, do as much as you can with that. When we go to galleries and we look at things, it's great that we don't know because that gives us all the spectrum of imagination to just create in the same place as someone else that's told or reads. If you, know, if you just know what's there, well, if you think you know, you can't learn, right? So I think that's a... a so we should find out. Really. It, we should. Let's find out what this, this one is. This is a Sorry. Christmas one, this one. Ah, right. You was on it. I so was it's on it. bark cloth. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Transformations, bark cloth. It doesn't say how old on, on the little tags. The little tags only give us a snippet of, of information. But you're right. Like, so it looks like leather, but it's as light as paper. And, 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 you know, paper comes in trees. Yeah, Box. sustainable, yeah. beautiful. That's really it, cool. it, but like, it, but it's interesting. So I wonder if it's been dyed this color, right? opposed to this is the color. Oh, natural. the color of the actual bark. Yeah. But if it dyed, sometimes you, you know, over centuries the dye would come out, so it feels like it could be this this dark chocolatey color. It's also, this little bit here, not that we did this. It's got sort of a little bit, sort of like oh, double so you layers, the, so, you so for the fibers, sort so. of peeled back, so it's sort of. It's either woven or literally it's, that's how nature intended it to wow. be. Wow, that's woven. That is amazing, isn't it? You could get away with this for leather, couldn't you? You could, it would. Nice leather jacket in the summer made out of Sustainable, bark. look at that. Beautiful. That's great. Right. Super interesting. Right, you go next. Me? Yeah. I want you to go next. Just, uh, just okay. have a feel we'll, around. We'll, we'll go around this in this direction then. Oh, can you hear that? It shakes. So, without even feeling it, this has got to be some kind of musical instrument back in the day. 
But like where it came from, you know, it's really like, really like. It's, it is a musical instrument. It's a one-man band because you can, you can, if you tap it slightly, it comes a tambourine. Oh uh, yeah, I'm no. Well, what am I? A percussionist? Or a, I can't play guitar. I've got a ukulele. I'm probably. Do you want to go? If it, but when you just turn it like that, it's significant. Until you actually figured out what it was, it just looks like a a mini raft that someone made in a diorama. Yeah, that's Doesn't a it? really good description. Isn't so it? It does look like a raft that someone's made. Like a diorama tiny that, Yeah. <laughs> so if you watch my Anna, right? This, you know, you made a diorama of my Anna, then this is what she'd be going out to the Pacific. So def this duck definitely has a Pacific vibe to it. The Pacific Islands, you know, made out of their, their grass, their tweeds, and they've made something that's, it's, you know, it's quite beautiful to, to hold, to put into your cabinet, but in fact, it's a, and it's the, so the strings, are, what are the strings? Are they not elastic bands as we know them, are they? The whole thing seems to be made of um, what looks like some sort of, is it bamboo? Or, um, what's it? Those long reed type, yeah, bamboo. So I think it's sort of bamboo, um, the, the strings are, are, are sort of the- The strings are wood as well, aren't they? Yeah, They're so not, it's all not... made from light bamboo and that description. And then front on the front, You've got, um, it's actually, if you wanted to, I think you can, so I think you're getting into it now. Imagine the hundreds of these around a campfire. Hang on. Pompey. <laughs> not, not, other teams are supported. <laughs> I like it. So it's like, yeah, the way you described it, a little yeah. raft and the, the strings made out of bamboo. Are no bigger than a ruler size. Taught over, yeah, so uh, bigger than a ruler. So oh, description wise, what is it? About five inches in diameter. You work in about, inches, I work in centimeters. About that's, a foot long. That's so a modern rectangle. <laughs> it's a rectangle. And the, the strings are sort of on the underside, the way we're holding it, like this. Underneath and on the top, you've kind of got this lattice. Lattice, but it's kind of a casing. I would reckon, because of nature, it's all organic. Some kind of seeds inside to give that. It's fascinating me. I bet kids, I bet when they, the kids come to this and they, the opportunity to make your own musical instrument. You could make this. This could be a really fun workshop, couldn't it? Yeah, kind of really that. cool workshop. I'm going to take that with us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I, I mean, we probably should move on, but I'm going to just, so it's... It's, uh, I don't know. So it's, it's, on the little note it says, my desk top artifact. I don't know what that means. Zither, Nigeria. So it's a, is a zither, a zither, uh, That's a specific the name of the, uh, the instrument. Instrument, yeah. Yeah. So it's a in, yeah. in South Africa. I'm gonna, we'll have to Google that later, zither. So is if it, you're listening. Is, there, is it a replica? Ever, it's not as old, is it? It can't be, because you think you play this, these, these would snap. Especially if kids start to play it, these, these would, would snap. Well, it's in the handling collection. So, I mean, if this was just off the street, like, why would it even be here? It's, I so, bet after so, time, you would get a really good rhythm, like um, musical. Oh, that one's at its, look, look, that one's just, don't touch that one. 
So it's on its last leg. Ah. That these the, ones. That's the best note there. And you get to feel the vibrations. Pluck it and then hold your hand just, just underneath there. You can feel the vibrations go through the, um, the underside. You could, if playing with this for a little while, you could end up playing, a, you know, a few tunes on it. It's really straightforward. It's really interesting. Very, very simple. And like back, in, you know, kids in Nigeria, they probably had these making them. The women would make these because it's all these is woven. So the women made these, and maybe the women played it. Who knows? And that kind of culture. I'm going to take, you know, take pictures of all this stuff and upload it on the Insta so people can get, see what we're describing. I think the way we the weaving is a little bit difficult. It's, to, to describe because you've got the it's like a basket weave yeah yeah brilliant um what next we'll go for the um shoes go for the shoes man one for you i'll take one and i'll take one for tiny feet <laughs> like about a size what are they what two? are you i'm a size seven yeah these are like no they're not a two no? they're like like a four yeah <laughs> more like a four i don't know why i was like what joe you know i it, shoes fascinate me for history i don't know why that idea of the cobbler and making shoes and sh you know when they dig things up they always find the leather after the shoe or the the nails of the sole left over it's one of those things you know our mass culture today you know how many people buy shoes i mean my, my missus got loads of shoes my daughter's got loads of shoes and we just chuck them away but the idea is if they were better you know when they go to those sites you imagine 400 years later would anyone want to bother digging up our shoes there's no history in our shoes they're so generic and yet shoes from history Tell something about that person, about that culture, doesn't it? Hmm. So these are little, uh, they're, they're about size four, adult, and they're slippers. So they've got no back and they're quite pointy at the front. And they're very intricately designed. Like there's some lovely embroidery on the, on the front. Um, reminds me of very, I suppose, Russian in a way. They're kind of Eastern European. Um, Kind of that kind of side of it, you know, Russia, um, Uzbekistan, and that kind of the Tajikistan. Yeah, you can imagine them sort of like dancing. Yeah, the dancing ones. Yeah, and, you know, because on, even on the on the the sole, you know, the sole's not more worn as much unless they're being repaired. Because you know, people back then always repaired their shoes a lot. Yeah, and it's all you know, obviously, ham. All the string and and the sort of weave has been intricately made through the soles and and the and the, i think it's like a leather it's a leather sole isn't it yeah and they're i think they're made of, of leather and dyed leather have yours then, has yours got um stitching just uh, halfway down yeah right in the center of it's the, unusual, the isn't it? ball of the foot yeah it's like you've got the whole bit where the the heel is and then you've just got these tiny three stitches uh it's just to hold the middle down i suppose yeah. and then all the way up the on the inside of the sole all the way up the back as well so sort of holding because that's where they'd get most wear, wouldn't they? They're definitely some kind of, say, that, that dance that they would do, and these are special dance shoes. Um, do you reckon these are dancing shoes? Yeah, there's some kind of a celebration shoe, dancing shoe. So what? So the, so out the lining of the shoe sort of comes up into a sort of a little peak, which forms a sort of a little shield shape on the front of the actual shoe itself. But the, the, uh, the leather upper... Only comes about two thirds of the way back, so they're sort of imagine like a slipper without the back. Yeah. And um, the embroidery is in gold, and it sort of follows that shield shape. The shield doesn't that mind you of the ports of crest? It does, and there's a little circle beneath it like Isn't that. Isn't that as well. weird? So, 
And they've also got this, like, can you feel those? Cir yeah. Like circular rivets. Are they rivets, sort of, yeah? Like giving um, like a little Just bit of breathing. Breathing. Like they do for a, a summer sandal. Yeah, summer sandal. So they're very, I mean, they're really cool. I mean, to be fair, like, I don't know. Let's, uh, should we take a look at these? And, and all the, the, So these are traditional style shoes in Eastern Rajasthan. Traditional shoes. There you go. You can Imagine tell. That, you can like, tell look at what you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Bright red shoes. Bright red Nikes shining out. And then you've got these bad boys rocking it. Look at it. Nike of their time. They are. They're beautiful, aren't they? You just imagine that. A really cute little colourful embroidered artefacts. Artefacts. We've had linked no, artefacts. artefacts. It, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like it, does it? We're privileged to be able to feel these things. Oh, got a section here. A trio. I'll take one of those. Careful that. I think they're quite sharp. They are sharp. These are really tactile, really tactile. I love, I love wood. I, we call it, I suppose, treen in this country, but the idea of just having a piece of wood and, and creating something from whittling down and, and mark making, you know, the, the design on them, you know, people, most people would be quite naive, but you know, it's whoever's comb this is, you can tell it's a comb. You know, they wanted to personalize it. So they've taken the time to engrave these patterns on it. You know, so that's my comb. Now, again, we're talking about with the shoes, how mass production is you've got a comb and you lose your comb because you don't know, you know, you don't take pride in your objects, but someone has taken hours upon hours to make this comb. So then they're going to make sure they're not going to lose it. And the, so it's their sort of, I'll describe them as kind of like ceremonial type head, hair combs, you know, more. Very Pacific again. Yeah. Um, the Pacific Isles, um, quality wood. A lovely feel to it, great, great balance. Because obviously, you don't have nothing too heavy in your hair. So, we've got three different versions, haven't we? And they've all got slightly different designs. One I'm holding here is actually sort of a double ended comb. One end um, is sort of they're very pointy, aren't they? They really are. Like there's the, a lot of work on it. And like I say, it's not, they're not just glued on, they're actually being carved, carved out, individually out of the piece of wood. One piece of wood completely carved. And then each one's got different intricate designs on them in the middle. So long spines at one end on mine and then short spines on the other. So I suppose you could perhaps put your hair up in a couple of different ways. I don't think it's going to... No, I've got no hair at the moment. How does that feel? I, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think the last time I used a comb. But this one, I say, is more for the... Like, like lots of diamonds in my one. Um, the bigger one. Let me hold the smaller one I've got. So the smaller one's really interesting, the design of the comb itself. So you've got this lovely, almost like a bell shape at the top, and then it goes down into your comb. But in the, in the center, it's like they just wanted to fill the whole space with pattern. Um, so, yeah. It's very geometric. Isn't it? Some, you know, some person's taking this time to, to Scrape it out, uh, cover all the area. The I like this part here where there's sort of the, the lines go all around like a little maze and there's every single line's been engraved all around back on itself. So it's very delicately created. The other side's very similar up and down, but it's all very delicate. You can tell whoever combs this is. So, you know, if there's those combs and they say, which is my comb? Well, mine was that one. And it's like, yeah. oh, yes, it's your personal identity. These probably were, yeah, owned by individuals. I mean, my one's a lot more basic. So mine, 
double-ended comb, um, and actually, I suppose if you, you look at it, it's like a little person, body and sort of a head with hair, but the intricate, uh, or the less intricate uh, carvings are just circles, just six just circles, circles yeah? just six circles. It feels like this one's weird. It feels like they could have been, I don't know, like, because of the two-tone colour, isn't it? It's like it could have been damaged, but it's not. There's no, you can't feel a damaged seam. Obviously, the wood that they've just carved it from has that beautiful, gone from dark to light, which is unusual. Mm. Shall I take a look? Yeah. If there's what's I think they're all, they're all yeah. Katari wooden combs. So a Katari comb. It's a specific type of comb. There you go. Let's put those ones back. All right. I'm coming up to the, the big objects now. Bigger. Ah, this is... Uh, so, the interesting fact, what I'm holding this is, vision paired people, because this is basket weaved, right? So when you're vision paired, one of the main, especially in the 50s, a lot of vision paired people were taught to basket weave as a way of earning income, because you don't have to worry about your eyes. It's all about touch and, you know, the idea of moving your fingers and feeling where the, the, the grass, the, wheat, the reeds are going. So it's an interesting object to touch for myself because um, people don't realise thousands of hours go to work like this, especially this one because this is fine grain grasses and obviously there's some different coloured grasses as well. Um, and obviously if this was a potter, I will, you know, this would be done in instantly in like five minutes but this is taking probably 100 hours to create a beautiful bowl. Basket weave bowl. Have you ever encountered this art making process on your own journey? Um, no, I've seen it a lot on, on, on TV and heard about the stories of, of vision pair people doing basket weaving. Um, and also I know children, so young children, um, because they've got the fine fingers. When, especially back in the day for industrial revolution, fine ch uh, children were made to make baskets um, working on the farm to support the family. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, how big is it? That's oh, a good 40 centimetres diameter bowl. It's lovely and light, isn't it? It's a great piece, you know, obviously, if, if this is behind glass, you wouldn't understand what we're holding. It's got a, it's also kind of... You can the, feel the grass, you know, just slightly moving your hand across it. You feel, those, the, obviously, it's big nature, it's quite old piece. The, the grass shards are just shine, shine to through. So you can feel, just slightly feel, this little, little grass as you go across it. You don't have to go too hard. You just feel, it just picks it up nicely. Mm. It's dark brown round the top and then there's the lighter browns and then the sort of a, a reddy brown. So those make a lovely pattern going all the way down into the bottom where there's one last ring. So, so um, I don't know, I think this one has been made as a coil as well. I think it starts off as a coil. So you start off at the bottom and you work your way around and the coil, and then as you get to a certain bit, you, you take that coil to that coil and you attach it with some more uh, of the things. So as, as you can see, it goes yeah. round and round. So it's not built up as if a coiled pottery. So if you've ever done coiled pottery, it's, it's like that. So you build up from the base upwards. Um, it's a great, a great skill. People don't realize you know, how skillful these, and the ironic thing about it is when as tourists, when we go to these places and we see these, you know, we buy it for probably about £10 English pounds, you know, and that £10 will probably feel, feed that family for a whole month. But it's taking, it probably takes like so many hours, you know, and... Skill. Skill. And yeah, it's a throwaway item 
in their culture because they use it daily. It's beautiful, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I need more grass with woven bowls in my life. So it's... Uh... Where's it from? I reckon... Name it, let's, let's, I think if it was me feeling this, right, I think there's, it could be South American. Nigeria. Really? Northern. Wow. Yeah. I think most of these, these artifacts are, or a good number, seem to be African. So it's, it's a good sort of example. Wonderful. Should we move on to the last one? The last one. I yeah. think you better hand up, uh, get that one because it's quite big. Let's grab it. You got him? Oh, Is he heavy? It's heavy. Right let's, right, let's put him on the... We'd have to put him on the table. So this is not an actual real one, this is a replica, as we've been told, from the British Museum of um, some kind of bust. I want you to describe it. As nice as I thought it would be. Do you know what? This is lighter than the, the, the club we picked up, ironically. It, it, I think it's uh, effect though, isn't it? It's made, it we originally, I imagine, been in bronze, but this isn't made out of bronze. It'd be really heavy if it yes. was. <laughs> it's one of those uh, stylistic um, helmets um, almost like banana shaped and uh, the intricacy, the kind of Buddha look about it. Um, you show, yeah, so they've got the long, long ears. What's that part of the headdress? So yeah, so the headdress comes down. Again, very stylized. You know, you've seen these on history channels many a time. And I don't know what the significance of it. Why would you cast something from the British Museum? It must have some really high significance about it, some kind of prized possession of someone to, to, be, to cast it. You know, there's so many of these bronzes lying around the whole country. Why was this one so precious enough to make a cast off? The pattern on the sort of banana hat, as you called it, is, all, is uh, crisscross all the way up. So it's kind of got a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Net fill, like a net? Yeah, it looks like a net. It was a specific word. Can't remember it now. And then on their face, it looks like a face of a of a young lady, or or yeah, or a young man maybe. So it has that Andromeda look about it. Yeah, androgynous. Is that and, the word? I watch it. I watch it. I watch it. <laughs> Say that again. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, so obviously and, there must be the something. And the necklace is that that type of necklace. There's, there's oh. rings that go all, oh, all the way, way up. Yeah, up, all the yeah. way up the neck. Like I said, there must be more significance to why would you cast it. I think that's the story behind this piece. It's, it's a bust. That, there's hundreds of busts, but why, why is this one so special to why cast it? Why is this it? one? It's for the person. But it is the person. They are beautiful. So let's have a look at what it actually says. Benin Queen Mother. So this elegant and sophisticated cast by the lost wax technique shows the headdress and collar worn by the ruler and queen mothers. It was made to stand on an ancestral altar. The bronze original is from Benin, southwest Nigeria, moulded from the original in the Department of Ethnography, the British Museum. I don't you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> I'll read that again. Ethnography is, is, is the it? word, yeah, I believe. So yeah, it's a it's a lovely it's it's beautiful to look at, isn't it? I think a lot of people have these kind of statues in their cabinets that they brought on tourist trips to Nigeria, and not realise the significance of it. It's about sixteenth century. 
has that kind of Egyptian feel to it for some reason. Mm. You know, even though Nigeria is nowhere near Egypt, but it has that kind it, of... Because uh, there's these lines on the forehead, yeah. there's sort of geometric, but this could be, geometric, um, geometric, that's what the word you know, I was the, looking the for. The lines could be scarification. That they used to do. Yeah, like a or a tattoo of sorts. Mm. Or face paint, just given a kind of a different vibe. So uh, So this one holds more detail in the description because it's it, it's a face, so it gives us it tells us more of a story. Indeed. So it's the, it's an actual fact from the description, it's 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 this ceremonial headdress. And, and I bet you if comic. you went there now to the ceremony, I bet they're still wearing this, these headdresses today. We should look that up. I, I love it when we're walking around and there's these little snippets of things that when we're going to go back, we can, we can find out more information and sort of spread our, spread our knowledge further from just these little injuries. I'll be getting my phone out and keep a note. Well, this has been really exciting. This is the last implement uh, of a wonderful way of feeling stuff that you normally find behind a glass cabinet, which is really nice. Um, I'm going to take a lot of information back with me. Uh, a lot of jealous people when I say I've touched a whale tooth. Uh, I know, and played that lovely instrument. I, I, that's, that's great. I'm going to write the name down. It's beautiful. Yeah. Cheers, Clark. Thank you, Steve. No worries, mate. Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description, or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time. <laughs>